0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Well, good morning, church. How are we all this morning? Awesome. I'm going to get Watto to come over and join me for a second. Good old Watto. And um, is Ty in the house? Ty? Come up here, Ty. Come on.
2: Morning, church. How are we all? What an incredible start to a Sunday morning. Can I just say, coming together as God's family, worshipping Him, best way to start your day. So, if you don't know, I'm Watto, and this is Ty. Hi. So, uh, on Wednesday night, um, just to share a bit of a testimony of um, something incredible that you heard of before, but just to go into a little bit more depth. Um, on Wednesday night, heart and soul, an incredible night. We are so blessed to have the senior leadership that we do. Pastor Benaiah, Pastor Charlotte, we are so thankful for you. So thankful for the house of God, that, that you're loving, that you're leading. We are so thankful. But at the end of Wednesday night at Heart and Soul, we just got the chance to come together and pray um, and to expect for miracles, like we are for this month. Um, and so in, in a little group, Ty and I and and uh, Ange and Claudia, we got together and we started praying. There was financial provision we were praying for, for business, and one of the things we were praying for was for healing, um, believing that God could do something that only He could do. Um so Ty, can you, secret alert, the miracle happened. Uh, so Ty, can you tell us what happened before you were healed?
0: So roughly before I was five, I had an accident with my arm, was it with my sensory gland in my nose and I lost my sense of smell. And shortly afterwards, my taste started to fade due to the same similar nerve damage. And you know, it's just been like that for an odd 15 years.
2: 15 years, you haven't been able to smell or taste anything.
0: Nothing at all. No, nothing at all.
2: So if someone farted, it was okay.
0: <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people actually did that and just like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> he wouldn't know.
2: And then, so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Pastor Ben, and I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, so, Wednesday night, we prayed for it. Had you ever prayed for this before?
0: Um, sometimes every now and then, like it just comes to my head like I ever since I started coming to celebration I've been praying for it and even some people in the church have actually known about it and they've prayed for it, a bit of healing. Yeah, cool. so, yeah. so what do you
2: think the difference was between every other time and Wednesday?
0: Well I think for well, no pun intended, I literally put my heart and soul in, you know, saying Miracle Month. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Come on, that's awesome.
0: But, um, yeah, just, you know, with the miracle month and everything, I'm like, this might be the chance, you know, after 15 years, it might be the time I like, so I really just, you know, any, and even before I, you know, any time I ate, I just prayed that God, please let this be the time that, you know, I can finally get that healing.
1: Yeah.
2: So what happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, bit of a story. Um... So it was the day of the working bee, so Saturday, yesterday. I um, woke up, and my roommate, who was an amazing chef, burnt a whole bunch of food in the kitchen. So I woke up, and I could smell burning toast. And I freaked out. I went in. And then I realized I could smell toast. So I grabbed the toaster, and I started sniffing it.
2: <laughs> As you do after every miracle.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, The roommate gave me the weirdest look, but as I'm just sniffing the toaster and then I started... That's
2: normal. That's good that he did.
0: I mean, normally it'd be a normal Saturday morning, but um, once I realised that I could smell, I started, you know, crying and getting emotional and I just immediately just started, well, just praying to God, saying, "Is is this what I've asked for? Have you given me exactly what I've asked for? So, you know, and then I went on and just went to the cupboard... (laughs) <laughs> grabbed grabbed a jar of peanut butter and just started, <laughs> like let's give this a try, you know. I Just grabbed it and then I could taste, like I could actually taste it. Hey man,
2: come on, shirt. That's awesome, awesome. What's been the What's been the best thing you've eaten so far?
0: Don't judge me, but Mac is filled with fish.
2: <laughs> Pastor Joel, he's won your heart. <laughs> let's let's give it up for a, a, a faithful God. Come on.
1: Awesome. how How amazing is God? And um, you know we we uh, Wednesday night, um, as a leadership team, we just launched Miracle Month, We just declared it, we spoke about it, and we spend time as as what i just shared praying for each other for miracles and i just love the fact that already we just have this amazing testimony thank you for sharing ty incredible 15 years of no ability to smell or taste and then god turns up think about this with me you know we take you know just in that example we take uh, probably for granted the fact you can enjoy food And God's just restored, just a part of his heart. Here you go. You can now enjoy awesome food and awesome smell. And I just want to say yay to God. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it's just the start. We've actually had a few testimonies come through this week already. Um, One person was believing God for a a certain amount of money they needed, and that miraculously came through. Um, And... And, and things like that where God is turning up already. Um, this is a month of miracles. And you can watch the river or you can jump into the river. And it's a lot more fun when you jump into the river, um, especially when it's a God river. And so we are a church who believes in participation because we are better together. And so I just wanted to... Just take a moment to acknowledge and say thank you to the Lord for already honouring you know, and already moving. And I encourage you this month, um, what part can you play? And we're going to speak about miracles this morning. Actually, every week this month, we're going to be speaking about miracles and the supernatural. And I just believe we're called to be a church that is full of the supernatural. And so this morning, let's just look at that for a few moments. Um, another testimony is Sunday night, we had our Band of Brothers night, and we had the biggest bonfire I have ever seen. It was huge. It was incredible. Um, and the fire brigade did not turn up then, <laughs> which was nice. Um, but on, on Sunday night, there was were two, two three major highlights for me. The first one was um, the new men that people brought along to the group. <laughs> Um, It was just incredible. And they felt so included. We had one testimony from one of the new guys who just said that the power of brotherhood and the community he sensed there, uh, he said, it's made a lasting impact on my life. How incredible is that? We have to realize and remember that God brings in the orphans and the widows. That's what the Bible says. And that's a spiritual orphan and widow as well. And so for him to come in and sense family... And so thank you to the men who came out to that. And um, the second thing I really, really was so blessed by was we actually did some worship and to hear the men lift their voice in worship together. What a great sound that is. What a great noise that is, that men will lift their, their voices in worship in God's house. Never underestimate the power of men worshiping. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Um, I actually had one of the men who was, was here, and he, he's talking to me, and he's, he's passionate. He's a, 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 one of the el- um, old, older men in our church congregation, someone I really respect. And he said that uh, for him, he said he's, he's actually heard over the years a lot of feedback. And one of the great things about um, men being in church and men leading in church in particular is that there's something really um, comforting to uh, the women and the young ladies coming through to hear two things in church. One, the men worship. And number two, to hear the men laugh. Like real laughter in church. And I've grown up for many years in church watching the women lead the men and and they've done an incredible job and I'm all for empowering women in leadership. But I think there's also a great anointing on men to be leaders in their families, um, and in God's church. And I encourage the men here, let's keep stepping up. Let's be the ones who serve. Let's be the ones who contribute. Because the women and the ladies here, no doubt, appreciate it. The third thing I really loved on, Friday, on Sunday night with the men, just these are all testimonies for me, was we finished the night breaking up into groups of um, two or three or four and had the men praying with each other. And we just had a room full of men who were just had hands, you know, on each other's shoulders, praying and believing God and speaking life. Oh, there's something powerful about men who pray. And so that's just a glimpse of what's to come. It was by far the best men's ministry night I've ever been to. Um, and then we finished the night with amateur boxing, and it was hilarious and fantastic. And it was uh, unorganized. It just happened. So... Um, and only the men really, you know, we, we and Bailey is okay. <laughs> Bailey got knocked out, but he got up. <laughs> Yesterday uh, was a fun day as well. And we actually had um, some visitors turn up. So, Ben Green and myself, being the great people we are, we're down in the back trying to do some burning uh, in, on our property. Uh, little did we realise that the highway was full of smoke. <laughs> Because the wind had turned and uh, a lot of smoke, and we heard a siren, and we thought, "I thought that please don't be for us." And then we had a full fire truck turn up with sirens on, and I'm just sitting there with my little hose, just in the middle of this smoke. (laughs) This little, I felt like a little lonely pastor, just by myself, just hiding in the smoke from the fire brigade. And uh, anyway, it was all good. They they educated us well, and. uh, and we appreciate them. So, they, And they put all the fire out like that. So I saved us doing it for hours. They just went, and it was all good. So anyway, uh, <laughs> good times. Good. All right, so Luke chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We're just going to look at a couple of verses this morning. Um, we have our miracle offering coming up at the end of this month. And last week we launched the uh, the concept of Um, blessing and honouring at least 100 churches around our nation and their pastors with uh, prophetic encouragements and gifts or a gift from our church to theirs. And I believe that's going to bring great breakthrough. We're also next Sunday going to be talking about some of our giving will go to some overseas mission, which we'll talk about next week, um, and some more things to come. So make sure that you're putting... Off You're offering a scythe for that every week. Um, we're not a spectator church. Um, we're a church that contributes. And so I encourage you that day, don't be the one that sits in their seat while everyone else gives. Give something. Um, why? Because we're a family. Yeah? And family knows how to give. We all contribute together. And, um, and by doing so, we're going to see people blessed. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm just getting more and more honest. Uh, Honest is the wrong word. Um, Just, I don't really care what people think about me anymore. I just, all I care about is that God would move in our church and that our people would grow and mature. Yeah, so that's why you hear me be quite honest with you with some of these subjects, and I'm going to continue to be so. Because I love you enough, I actually love you enough not to pat you on the back without actually bringing some growth. Um, I care about your call. I care about what God has for you. Some pastors are too scared to talk to the congregations about anything that might make them uncomfortable um, because a lot of those churches the pastor gets voted out by the church, so it becomes a political game. Um, we're blessed that we don't have that here. So just know that my, Charlie and my heart is to love you, it's, and ultimately to see you equipped um, in your life to chase after the heart of God, and be to love people passionately. Um, And so that's where we come back to every week. So Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this. It says, says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Okay, so we're just going to set the bar for a second, to set the context of this sermon, I guess. Um, We are currently hearing from Jesus. This is the new normal. If you've been in church, who here has been in church for longer than 10 years, whether it's this church or a different church? Okay, so anyone who's been in church for a long period of time, think about why we do what we do in church. Why is it that we have certain tradition, certain culture, certain uh, ritual, I guess? Um, some churches have the hanging incense. Some churches have different outfits. Some churches have different... Uh, programs even our church here we do have a bit of a structure we have worship and we have financial giving and we have become around the world we have fellowship it actually is something that's been passed down why (laughs) why do we do what we do why do churches do what we do and what happens is when we grow up in a church culture and tradition we actually think that that is the way church is meant to be done it becomes the new normal Little do we realise that every generation, some courageous person, has stood up and went, let's, let's create a new normal. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, actually, let's actually adjust. Let's actually tweak. Let's actually change. And you see this back with the Protestant and the Catholics. You see it with Luther. You see it in church history where somebody stood up and said, I'm going to actually bring a change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not normal, but I believe it's what the Scripture says. I wonder what this generation, everyone who's currently breathing, what your new normal will be. Our compass is not tradition. Our compass isn't what your old pastor taught you, what your parent taught you, what I even taught you. Your compass is what the Word of God says. Yeah, and that's why today you have all these amazing expressions of church, whether it's home group type churches, whether it's mega churches, whether it's local church, whether it's um, Anglican, Baptist, Pentecostal, uh, there's all these different tastes, all these different expressions of God's house, and they're all beautiful in their own way, but the question is this, what is God's heart when it comes to celebration, and also the church of our nation? Because I don't know if you understand or have checked the stats lately, but the majority of our country does not know Christ. And the majority of our city right now isn't uh, in love with Jesus. Now, Jesus said that his will is for none to perish, but all to have, his heart is for none to perish, but all to have eternal life. Therefore, we know that this isn't an exclusive club, but it's a place of people being healed and set free. So what I'm trying to say is this in a long way. What is our normal? As a church, what is our normal? And you hear me every week talk about our new normal. I don't know if you hear it. I don't say it like that. But you hear it. So I talk about serving being normal. If you don't serve and you're part of our church and you're a part of our family, you're actually abnormal. Not to put you down, not to say you're a freak, but to say... The Bible says to serve. Yeah, amen? Jesus was the king of kings, yet he washed the disciples' feet. And he said, if you want to be the greatest, you must be the servant of all. Yesterday, oh, you know every week here, good old, where's faithful Ryan? Is he in the room? Ryan, okay, kids, of course. He's doing kids' worship. So he's up here worshiping, he goes to kids'. You know, every Monday morning, for free, Ryan comes out here and he cleans the toilets. I know he cleans the toilets because he sings in the toilets. (laughs) And I know he sings in the toilets because he sings really loudly (laughs) in the toilets. (laughs) I enjoy it. I think it's great. But he's someone who you would never know that he comes out And he just goes, I'm going to clean some stains off the toilets. Now, let's actually talk about what it is. It's the dirty jobs. It's the ones that know, it's not the glamorous job and I'm the the worship leader of the world and look at me. It's, It's hidden away. It's hidden away. And... And if you had chat to Ryan, he's, he's only been back in church for how long? 18 months. And he's giving up time to come and serve Jesus. Again, I, I don't hear condemnation in this. Please, if you're hearing condemnation, you're hearing the wrong spirit. What I'm trying to say is this. Together, we're a family. Together, we have to come back. And I challenge if, if you, have, if you think scripturally I'm wrong on this, tell me. But when the Bible says something... We have to come back to, it doesn't matter what my feelings are. It doesn't matter what someone's opinion, it doesn't matter what my tradition was in my past. What does the Scripture say? And my heart as a pastor here is that we'll raise up people who understand what the Scripture says. You hear me talk about new normals. You hear me talk about the men. That is a new normal. I'll keep, I'll keep rabbiting on about that to the day I die, so get used to it. It's a conviction in my spirit. You know, one of the great things, and please understand this, and I'm speaking to you as someone who's been around pastors and pastoring my whole life. And our previous pastors were not this, and they were such a great example of not being this. But do you know how many pastors are afraid of their congregations? Do you, do you really know how many are scared about what people are going to think? And so they just pat their congregations on the back every week. And they, the music's too loud. Okay, quick, pull it. We want this. Okay, let's do that. Let's, and everything is just this political game of just kissing babies and handshaking people and making sure that everything is just so neat and tidy But the Christian becomes this fat spiritual Christian who does nothing. You see, I want to create a church that's safe, that you want to come to, that loves Jesus. That is of joy that we create memories. We just share them with, with what our entire. It's a memory. It's a moment. It's a testimony. And by doing so, we create a new normal. Is that okay this morning? What I'm trying to say is this: appreciate what you have. I actually met with somebody this week, and um, and 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 they they been um helping. Uh, It's visiting different churches, and and they're from our church, and they just said, oh, if only you forget what you've got. You forget how blessed, how celebration is very, very special. Let's not be familiar. We have incredible people. We have incredible leaders in our church who actually believe in people. We have an incredible worship culture you know, every week we come in and we, we, we enjoy the songs. Little do we realise the songs are hours of practice through the week. Yeah, yeah. Getting here early, prepping, coming up here, trying to lead the congregation when half the room is getting here late and half the room is looking sour because the week has been sour. And I just told the worship team, close your eyes. Lift the people. Lift them. <laughs> and by doing so, we point people to Jesus. And that's all that matters. It's all about Jesus. Anyway, there's my pastoral rant to start with. All right, let's go Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Point to yourself and say me. Why don't you point to your neighbor and say "You." you. Yeah, okay. It's on you. It's on you. If you're a Christian, it's on you. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Point to yourself and say, me. He has anointed you. Let's talk about anointing for a second. You know what anointing is? Anointing is supernatural enabling. You know, the Bible gives an analogy or an example of anointing, and it's this. It's getting a giant jar of oil, like think olive oil but different, and coming and going, Hey, I have anointed you, and just pouring, boom, the anointing oil on somebody. God has anointed you with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, with an overflow anointing for a purpose. Ready? What's our normal church? To proclaim good news to the poor. Listen, are we proclaiming? Good news. Is your life right now proclaiming good news? I want to put it to you that our lives are always proclaiming something. Your life is a story. Your life is actually a shout. Is it a shout of good news? Oh, how cool is that? He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. How good's the word proclaim? Think about the movie Braveheart. Freedom! (laughs) To proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the spiritual prisoners, the emotional prisoners, those who are bound, and recovery of sight for the blind. Miracles, people's eyes opening spiritually and physically because he has anointed me with an overflow anointing (laughs) to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then it says, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him, and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, you know, we have to realize something. For Jesus to say this was so controversial. He's saying to the the Pharisees, he's saying to the people all around, you know what, see this Bible, it's all fulfilled in me. Who is this Jesus? How dare he say such a crazy thing? To the point that's dishonoring to all the thousands of words that we currently have in what we hold and study. And Jesus says, it is fulfilled today in your hearing. You know what? I love the fact that we have Christ in our lives. And if it's fulfilled in him, and he's in us, and he is anointed to do this, then he in us is calling us to actually bring about the new normal. To proclaim good news, proclaim freedom, to see recovery of sight, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm always praying for more favor. Two things I always pray for, wisdom and favor. People say, what do you want prayer for? I say, wisdom and favor. I want to be someone who God pours himself out, and the Bible promises his favor will follow me all the days of my life. By the way, if you're a prayer, there's a prayer meeting here tomorrow at 10am. <laughs> you want to come along, it's a powerful moment. Yeah. When it comes to our normal, I want to encourage you that he has anointed you. Yeah. Yeah. Who here has gone from being um, stuck in your sin to being set free? Yeah. Just put your hand up, that's you. Like you can generally say, God, by his grace, rescued me, showed me his amazing grace, showed me his love, and set me free. How many people here experienced that with the help through the help of somebody else? I'll put your hand up if that's you. So somebody actually invited you to something, or they shared the gospel with you, or they prayed with you. What that person was for you was this scripture. They were the freedom fighter for you. They were the one that actually broke the chains off you through the power of the Holy Spirit. This room is full of freedom fighters. I love the scripture, freely I have received, freely give. If someone loved me enough to help me when I was in a bad way, then God help us to have the courage to help others when they're in their bad way. And may we not box you in to, well, they might not listen to me, but maybe let you, Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can. Yeah. Yeah. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. We're going to look at the new normal of the early church. This is the great example of our example as a church. Acts 19, verse 11. It says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. It says, if you go to Acts chapter 6, we'll write down Acts chapter 6, verse 8. It says, and Stephen, full of power or grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. We now have two examples of people who go to church Christians, just normal Christians. Paul speaks about it, speaks about his struggles, his weaknesses, his history. He talks about it very openly. He says he was the worst sinner, yet God was doing miracles through his hands. Last week we spoke about how Peter, shadow as he's walking down the street, junction street, touched somebody and healing broke out. Because that was the normal. I wonder what our normal is as Christians. Well, let's go on. Let's look at the normal for a second. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? Mark 16, verse 17. Has anyone here ever had God speak to you in a church service before? Why don't you put your hand up? Yeah, I've had that. Let's believe for more of that. Mark 16, 17, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Who here believes? All right, you ready for your normal? Not what the church says is your normal, not what the history says is your normal, not what your old pastor said or the person who mentored you said. What does the Bible say? Let's look at the normal for a second. And these signs will, not might, they will. Follow those who believe in my name, the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will be of no harm. Mean, by means, no harm. It will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, let's let's put some context in because the scripture goes, "Well, wow, that's a bit weird." Let's put some scripture. Let's put some context. Some churches have snakes. And they dance around with snakes, poisonous snakes, and they get bitten by the snakes, and they don't die, or they do die. Depends, I don't know. I I haven't looked at it enough. Some people do that. We don't do that. Don't worry. We're not going to have a brown snake up here around my neck in worship next week and me saying, well, it's promises that if it bites me, I'm not going to die. Maybe I should do that one week. That would be pretty entertaining. It? <laughs> what it's talking about, come back to the scripture. What happened with Paul when he was putting wood in the fire? A venomous snake jumped down and bit him. Yeah. Jumped out of the wood and bit him. Yeah. Did Paul die? No. What just happened? Venomous snakes did not kill him. Yeah? That's what it says. Serpents. I don't know what "take up serpents" means. It says if they drink anything deadly, it won't harm them. Think about the context. Think about clean water for a second. Back in the Roman times, there was no such thing as um, osis. Is that what it's called? What's that really expensive water? There's one called osis, uh, Voss. There's no such thing as this bottled water. You couldn't go to the local vending machine. There were no vending machines. If you actually travel to Italy and go to places like Rome, they'll show you where the water would flow. They were amazing how they had aquifers and different things and different ways of getting water to people. But the water still wasn't pure. And who knows if you've ever been to a country where you have to drink bottled water. If you don't be careful with that, you can get very sick. This is amazing promise. You're not going to get sick. If you drink anything deadly, every day they're drinking things deadly. Not by purpose, but because. That's the way it was. It won't hurt you. It says you will lay hands on the sick. And what does it say? It says they will recover. We've done this a couple of times in church where we've just said, I was one night or two nights in youth we've done this back. And we had, I said this, I said the Bible says we will lay hands upon you and you will recover. I said to the youth, if you're here and you're sick, come down the front because the Bible says you're going to recover. If we can lay our hands on you, you'll be good. Yeah. Came down, we prayed for them. We had 29 kids get healed, including broken bones, including things like breathing difficulties, all different things. There was one kid that wasn't healed. So I said to the team, the Bible says they will recover. Pray again not healed. Pray again, not healed. Pray again, healed. You see, we can read the scripture and be like, oh, that's a nice idea, Jesus. Oh, that's, that's really nice. That's, that's tweetable. That's, we can put that on Facebook. <laughs> or we can go, hey, the Bible says that those who believe in my name they'll cast out demons. I've seen people free from demons. On this altar, I've seen them free from demons. They will speak new tongue. They will take up serpents. They will drink deadly things and they won't get hurt. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Spiritually sick, physically sick, emotionally sick. We have a God who heals. Okay, we're just digging a well today. We're just going a bit deeper. We're going to get some new water under the surface. We're not skeptics. We're not prove it to me, Jesus. We're not Pharisees. We dig with simple faith. Because we know that God is a God who heals Bill Johnson says this he says it is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible it has been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus how cool is that it's abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible it's been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus. Who agrees with that? I agree with it. Hey, if God can save me, he's already done the impossible. If God can heal me, he's already done the impossible. So the first thing is this, why miracles? Number one, miracles are God's normal. Miracles are God's normal. We're not called to be abnormal. We're called to be his normal. (laughs) Number two, miracles express God's heart to others. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 says this. It says, Surely he has borne, suffered for our grief, this is in the Amplified, sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. What's this speaking about, church? It's speaking about Christ on the cross. By his stripes he was whipped for us. By his stripes we are healed. He paid the price for our transgressions. Everything was placed upon him because his heart for us was love. It says here, surely he has borne or suffered for our sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. How amazing is that? Let's just shake off the familiarity right now, shake off the come on, this is a revival house. This is our normal. Ty's testimony is actually our normal. Why? Because we're not boring. Why? Because our city needs Christ. The day I was driving through Nara, and um, I just had this prompting in my heart. I might have told you this story, I don't know, but I just had this prompting just to pray, start to pray for those who are are hidden. Did I tell you this? I don't know. Just to pray for those who are suffering in hidden places in our city. And I just moved in my heart. I was just like, God, I just pray for the wife who's going through domestic abuse and, and no one sees it. For the child that's getting abused by someone but no one sees it. The things that are hidden, the dark places. I was just like, God, just send your light, send your angels, just send your Holy Spirit just to come and to illuminate the darkest places where people are stuck in you know the most dire situations. Because prayer changes things, yeah. That's why tomorrow, if you if you can come out and pray. Because we just, God, we believe. that that person who's going through severe abuse, you know, who who, who dreads going home after work because they're going to face their husband who's an alcoholic or whatever it might be and they're going through serious issues. God, come. God, move. God, do something. That child who's getting abused regularly and no one sees it, God, come. God, move. God, do something. We believe that you're a healer. We believe that you set people free. And as a Christian, I just thought, God, I just believe that and I pray in Jesus' name, knowing that as I pray, light is filling dark places. This is the power of the church. This is the power of the kingdom. And I just had a heart for those who are just in hidden places because there's many in hidden, struggling places, those who are secretly in their hearts feeling like they're depressed or suicidal. God, those hidden places... Hidden places. And even now, Lord, as a church, we pray for those who are stuck in hidden places. That your light would come, that freedom would come. In Jesus' name. I'm running out of time. But number three, I love this. It says in, uh, in, Mar- in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, it says, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the third thing is this, church, is that miracles bring the reality of heaven to earth. Now, heaven is our normal because the scripture tells us that. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you the question. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there fear in heaven? No. Okay. Um, is there anxiety in heaven? No. Um, is there are there tears in heaven? Great song, but no. The Bible says we should pray, "May Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." You know, my ultimate prayer, prayer for our church, is this: yeah. that we will just be a place where heaven exists on earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I know we, we reach that because this church will be too small, yeah. like the building will, be, because people actually in their heart crave heaven. Yeah. Wow. Now we're getting there bit by bit, moment by moment, but God increase. And even now as a church, again, I pray that you would increase the reality of heaven invading this place. Let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done here in Jesus' name. So the third thing is miracles brings the reality of heaven to earth. And the fourth and final thing is this, is that miracles cause people to encounter the goodness of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in, or your Father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? You know, I'm blessed with a great dad. Um, he's an amazing man, and I'm also blessed with a great father-in-law. Both are very, uh, they're inspirations to me. Incredible men, and they're good men. They're just good men. And this scripture says, you know, if your good, dads know how to give you gifts. How much more? And they and they still have issues. How much more? You're a heavenly dad. You see, God is a good God. Yeah. Let me just finish with this scripture. And if you can turn there with me, John chapter 7, verse 37, says this. It says, I love this. This is actually a prophetic word today for our church. It says, on that day, John seven thirty-seven. on that day... Well, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, "If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink." Remember, right now as a church, you are a bunch of wells. Like this, you walk around like a well. Like this, you just walk around. You walk in the room like a well. Come on, have a drink. Come on, have a drink. Come on, let me refresh you. Let me bless you. you walk over here. I've got. I'm being around. Come over here. Take some more, take some more, and this world doesn't run out. It's got, like, rivers under it. It says, those who are thirsty, come to me. It says, drink, but in verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this, uh, this is what he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Who here has received the Holy Spirit? Right now, you have rivers of living water flowing. I I point to here because I feel like my Spirit is here. Flowing. Uh, It's not a tiny creek. It's not a dam, it's not a, a, a lake, it's a river. Yeah. Rivers move, rivers flow. And this river is a living river. It's a living river. What it touches, it brings life to. What it touches, it brings fruit and greenery to. Have you ever seen a farm around a river? You see how green and beautiful as the river goes past? A beautiful oasis because there's a river and you know what you church and i have this river inside of us that when we say holy spirit come holy spirit use me holy spirit i'm going to pray for somebody and i'm going to believe the river of living water will flow from my innermost being it's from within me because i'm in you We have a church full of rivers. Wells that go down and a river. You know that you know wells are actually, they're tapping into what's under the surface. Fresh water under the surface. How cool is that? So therefore you actually have to stop the dam from being blocked up. You have to forgive quickly. You have to love quickly. You have to be teachable. You have to be humble. You have to know the heart of God. You have to worship and pray and Eat good food from the scripture. And by doing so, you let this river keep flowing. And you know, the enemy will always try and block your river. He does it through offense. He does it through hurt. The amount of people I've seen with great rivers and then the pastor preaches something and they get offended and the river blocks because they no longer trust that God is bigger. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Who here is actually I'm going to finish with this question. Who here is actually seeing God do a miracle in your life? Yes. Put your hand up high. Wow. We've got to get some of your stories. We've got to get some of your stories, just to stir faith. Let you let you connect later to know your story. Yeah. Is there anyone in the place in, in this place today who actually you need a miracle today? Why don't we all close our eyes? We're going to finish with this. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in this moment, I encourage you to ask him into your heart, ask him into your life, forgive you of your sin, confess that he is your Lord and Savior, and believe that he is your God. In Jesus' name. As we finish, if you're here right now, and you just need a miracle. You just need a miracle. A miracle is something that you think, God, only you can do it. It might be a physical miracle. It might be a relational miracle. It might be a spiritual breakthrough. It might be an emotional breakthrough. It might be a financial miracle. There are many, many rivers here ready to bring living water. If you're in this place and you need a miracle today, I want you to put your hand up where you are. Awesome. Why don't you guys stand where you are? Why don't you stand? There's lots of people who need miracles, and that's good. Because God can do something incredible. And then what we're going to do as a church is go and find someone who needs a miracle, put your hand on their shoulder, and start to declare, in the name of Jesus, miracle-working power. And let's believe in Jesus' name that miracles will start to break out. Maybe some of our team, if you need a miracle yourself, go pray for others and then at the end say, I still need prayer and they can come pray for you. And let's believe right now for a few minutes that miracles will start to break out here in Jesus' name. So, yeah, find somebody standing. If you're standing, it doesn't matter. Find them, pray for them. Let's believe for miracles. They can pray back for you as well. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you need a miracle, just put your hand in the air towards heaven. In Jesus' name. And start to speak out. Start to speak out in Jesus' name. You can ask them if you want what miracle they need so you can focus your prayer. I'd actually encourage you to ask them what their miracle is, if they're happy to share it with you, so you can focus your prayer in Jesus' name. Thank Thank you, Jesus. 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 We thank you for miracles right now. We thank you for miracles right now. We thank you for miracles right now. In Jesus' name. We thank you for miracles right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for miracles in Jesus' name.
0: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.